Is USC planning for some fireworks on the 4th of July? Can Lincoln Riley beat his competition for the guys in the trenches that USC needs? Can you name those schools that have had at least one player drafted by the NBA over the last five drafts? Let's talk about it on this episode of Locked On USC. Hello, hello everyone again. This is your host, Mark Culkin, and thanks for listening to Locked On USC, and thanks for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. We're growing, and we want you to come along for the ride, so thanks for listening. All right, welcome back. It's been a few days. Look, I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong, and I probably am wrong. However, with that said, recruiting those high-valued offensive linemen is still an issue at USC. Um, whether it's Lincoln Riley doing the recruiting or the previous head coach and, and his staff. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Re- remember when Francis Maui Goa finished his official visit to USC, uh, the five-star offensive lineman from IMG Academy, and all those LA vibes and had that on-three recruiting prediction machine leaning heavily towards USC? Well, uh, those same vibes, were kind of felt when Josh Connolly uh, left USC earlier this year when he took his visit. And we all know how that ended. Uh, well, Maui Goa just finished his uh, official visit to Tennessee over the weekend. And while our favorite recruiting expert, Scott Schrader, hasn't wavered, I have. Uh, I've, just, I, I've got this feeling that Maui Goa's relationship uh, with, you know, how he put it, his brother from a different mother, uh, five-star quarterback, Nico Ayamaleava. I think I got it right this time. I just think, uh, I think his relationship with him, the way Tennessee's recruiting, I think that's just going to be too much for USC to overcome right now. Um, if it's a skill player, I might feel differently. But when you've got a five-star quarterback that you're extremely close with, that you consider family, and we know Tennessee, the volunteer program, they're going hard, hard, hard uh, with their interpretation of NIL and how to utilize it. Uh, I just think that's going to be too much to overcome. And I, I, I think USC fans are going to have to uh, just accept for the time being uh, those diamonds in the rough recruits that uh, Lincoln Riley is evaluating. And, and those are fine. I have no issue with the staff evaluating and, and offering who they want. Um, you know, others, they might feel differently and demand the best of the best. Like, the, you know, they'll pretend like they're Veruca Salt from like they're visiting Willy Wonka's cho- chocolate factory or something. Um, always go by the coach's evaluation. And, you know, if, if you've got similar programs offering, Look, we, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Those star rankings are very subjective. There's very little objectivity to them because everybody interprets them differently uh, when they're making their rankings. But while it is important that Lincoln Riley kind of get over that hump, so to speak, that, that Clay Helton would have a trouble with you know, during his tenure and, and sign that you know, high four-star, five-star uh, lineman in the trenches, you know, um, Eventually, one of these guys is going to have to choose USC over another major program. Uh, you know, Pete Carroll he had Sean Cody um, on the defensive line. It was he—he he was that first guy to really turn the tide and say, "All right, USC can go out and get that five-star guy." It worked. 
Um, and, and Maui Goa, he can have a similar effect uh, with other recruits. If you know, if he was to choose USC uh, over you know Tennessee, Alabama, and, and Miami, you know Scott, you know again over on WeRSC.com when you're not when you're not listening to Locked On USC, head right over to WeRSC, and uh, you'll get more content that you know to do with. We're going to give you everything you can get here in 30 minutes or less. You'll be spending a lot more time over there. I promise you. A lot of good content from Scott and from Eric McKinney and myself. We've got Greg Katz and we've got the musings from Chris Arledge. Check it out. Uh, But back to the point uh, that I was making is that eventually um, Lincoln Riley is going to need his Sean Cody. and, And hopefully, you know, Francis Maui Goa can be that guy. Um, and look, Riley is going to have success at USC with or without him. That, and, but that, that's not the point. Uh, the point is, you know, other programs are betting on USC to, to lose these recruiting battles. And, and while you won't find odds on who's going to be, you know, winning the recruiting, uh, the Maui Goway recruiting battle at betonline.net, what you can find over on betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and your sports info. Uh, you, can, you can find all of your latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. Uh, bet Online is your continued source for your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Uh, Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. That's BetOnline.net. So, um, as I was saying, uh, you know, let's just, we'll put a bow on the recruiting because there's there's not a lot to talk about right now. Um, hopefully, by the end of the uh, holiday weekend, there will be more to talk about. But to kind of just put a bow on the on this recruiting update, if Malagoa does choose uh, somewhere else other than USC, I guess that's the worst-case scenario. Um, in typical fashion, I, I think, Trojan fans, you can go ahead and anticipate another one of those um, – I'm going to use finger quotes since you still can't see me until we get our video up. Uh, another diamond in the rough, or maybe two commits um, by the time everything is said and done. Whether it happens before the 4th of July or shortly thereafter, um, I think that's the time frame to look at. But again, um, in Lincoln Riley, we trust for evaluations. He's shown that he can do it at Oklahoma, and we, we anticipate he can do that uh, here at USC as well. You know, in my uh, Sunday takeaway column this past weekend, I wrote about the different levels of competition. And I, I want to kind of go over that uh, for a few minutes, if, if I may. Um, because I find, I find the, the, whole, the whole idea of competition, it, we do it every day in everything we do um, when we wake up. You know, are we going to have a better day than the day we had before? When I was growing up a long time ago, you know, I had no cell phones and, you know, computers and video games, they were well into their infancy. I mean, 
My video game of choice, the very first video game was Pong. Look it up for all you youngsters. Um, but it didn't matter whether, you know, if I was hanging out in the neighborhood and with, you know, with, the, with the other kids playing games, um, or, you know, if I was just playing one-on-one with my friend around the corner, um, I was always competing and it was always fun. And that's something that uh, you hope that, that Lincoln Riley can do at USC is bring back that level of competition where the kids are competing. And look, they know this year they're competing for not only for a roster spot, but to, 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 to make sure that, you know, for playing time, secondly, but to be a part of this team in the future. Um, and when Lincoln Riley came in, he made that known unequivocally that things were going to be different. And it doesn't mean that what was going on previously was bad, although the results would say they could be better. Um, Lincoln Riley wants to, he just wants to make sure that everybody understands the value of competition and why it's, excuse me, and why it's important. Uh, because it, like I had mentioned at the very beginning here, it, it inspire it, it, it inspires us to improve. You know, it teaches us how not to do things. Um, you don't learn by doing things right. You learn by doing things wrong. And when I was coaching high school basketball, I, I encouraged my, my, my players to, to, to kind of go beyond what they think they can do. It's okay to fail. You find out what your strengths and what your weaknesses are. And that's the type of competition that I'm hoping that Lincoln O'Reilly can really impart with the players at, at USC. Because not, not to put a negative on it, as many changes as he's made, and he's made quite a few, um, there's still a lot of the residual um, I don't know how you put this. There's still a lot of residual culture that's around the program because there's still so many players around who were around last year. So I think that's where Lincoln has to compete with himself and get the players to compete against themselves uh, to know that, hey, we're, we're taking it to the nth degree. Winning a game is important. Winning a championship is even more important. And that's the, the, the level of competition uh, that I think Lincoln wants to raise the bar to, which is a great thing because it, it's been missing. Um, and, and I'm wondering if, when, you know, because winning that championship, if, if that is the goal, you know, last year, I, I think that's what happened is once, once the team re- realized that they weren't winning the championship, let alone anything else when, you know, Clay, uh, Clay Helton was let go. I think, um, you know, you don't want to say they quit, but the writing was on the wall and something stuck out to me. Kobe Bryant was, you know, I, I won't say he was my idol, but he, he's someone that everybody looked up to, um, just because of his competitive spirit, you know, that Mamba mentality. And when Kobe was asked about failing, he said, you know, a lot of times as a young player, you don't really see how something like that and a situation like that can pay off in the end. And, he, and he's talking about losing. But if you use it to drive, 
and you use it to motivate you and, and to stand where I'm standing now, you can look back, you know, at, at those challenges and losing. And he looks back, he looked back at them with, with fond memories. Um, and, and, and that's how players should look at the competition. It's okay to lose. It just, it should make you strive to want to win more uh, the next time you get out there. Um, so again, we're, we can we can only hope that the returning members from the twenty one the twenty twenty one team can look back with fond memories when the twenty twenty two season is it's over with. Um, because I, again, when you the last thing you want to ever do as a competitor is to look back and say, "I didn't give it my all. I didn't try, and I have an opportunity." And that's probably the worst thing you could ever do. Uh, another thing uh, that we can talk about, basketball recruiting. And before, before we talk about basketball recruiting, it, it, it's really about the USC basketball program in general. Um, here's another note of interest. Isaiah Mobley was selected in the second round by the Cleveland Cavaliers. So he's going to be rejoining uh, his younger brother, the unicorn, Evan. And that means that USC, Duke, and Kentucky are the only schools to have a player drafted by the NBA over the last five NBA drafts. Dramatic pause. Not North Carolina, not Kansas, not Gonzaga, not Villanova. Nope. Not even that other school out west that I like to call the Sal school out west, UCLA. None of those schools have had a, had a player drafted, at least one player drafted over the last five NBA drafts. USC, though, can make that claim. And, you know, while that's a rarefied company to be hanging out with, you know, Duke and Kentucky, those are basketball schools. Um, I, I think at a certain point, um, I think the Trojans under Enfield, they have to start winning the conference and winning Winning the championship, whether the regular season or the uh, the postseason tournament championship, at the minimum, and then also, you know, definitely they need to start making some deeper runs into the NCAA tournament. In, in my opinion, I think a, a Sweet Sixteen exit should be considered an acceptable exit. Uh, although I still think that would be short of their of their Final Four goal. Um, when you think about the the amount of talent that Andy Enfield's had um, not last year per se, but the year before with Isaiah and Evan, uh, they had a team that was, that could have gone to the final four. And unfortunately they ran into Gonzaga in the, uh, in the elite eight, but they, they just, they got to get over that hump. And with the way that Andy Enfield is recruiting, uh, he's got another tremendous class coming in. Um, they're going to get there eventually. But, you know, it, it's, again, it, it's fun to talk about how USC is elevated under, under Andy Enfield, how he's elevated this program. Uh, again, UCLA can't make this claim. That school just down the street. USC has had at least one player drafted in each of the last five NBA drafts. That's very significant for, for a school that's known as a football school. USC is more than just a football school. And uh, you know, hopefully they can get their baseball program 
re-energized as well because they are getting ready to bring on a new head coach. Um, so as far as the next, you know, recruiting, as I mentioned, it's going really well. Um, the the talent that, that Enfield is bringing in will continue this draft, uh, I guess, legacy. And even though the 2022-23 team is going to be mobily less <laughs> for the first time in a few years, uh, save for their coach, Eric Mobley, who will still be on the bench, uh, there still is uh, a lot of talent to make uh, to make a run this year for a conference championship. And I was mentioning to extend that draft legacy because uh, Drew Peterson came back as well as, um, as well as Boogie. So both of them are looking to improve their draft stock, uh, whether or not they would have been drafted this year. They probably got the, the, the feedback saying that they weren't, they weren't going to be drafted in, in the first two rounds. So uh, they were told what to work on and uh, hopefully We'll be talking about them uh, around this time next year with their, uh, whichever NBA team decided to draft them. So, um, you know, I think we're going to, we're about to get out of here, but before we do, uh, make sure to get more on the Pac-12 by making Locked On Pac-12 your second listen to every day with your host, Spencer McLaughlin, and all of the other local experts on Locked On. Uh, We'll take you across the Pac-12 in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Pac-12 your second listen to every day. Locked On Pac-12. And then when you're not listening to Locked On USC and Locked On Pac-12, immediately head on over to WeRSC.com because like I said at the top of the show, got a lot of content for you. From me, you got the Monday morass. I got my Sunday takeaway. During the seasons, I've got your practice reports, football and basketball. You got Scott Schrader and Eric McKinney who will shove as much recruiting information down your throat as you can handle uh, as well as all the team coverage you can accept so um, again locked on usc is your first listen wrsc.com is your place to land with that look forward to talking to you again real soon fight on <laughs>